And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, and welcome to Rate That Album, the back and forth podcast review about musical albums with myself, Paul Muadib, and my good friend, Joe Fremming. Joe, how are you doing, sir, sir? I'm doing all right, Paul. And uh, yeah, I realized today, driving around, that uh, the name of our podcast doesn't make any sense. We, I've been thinking about that the last couple of episodes because we don't actually rate the album, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's, <laughs> it's we've been doing this for two years, and it just dawned on me like we never actually rate the album, <laughs> but we're in too deep to change it. So I kind of thought it was a running joke of the thing, like we say we're going to rate the album, but we never do at this point. We're not that clever, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we can pretend that we are, but now we can't because we're doing this on air. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yes, that has hit me. I think maybe we'll maybe introduce at some point, like I'll come up with a ridiculous scale, like, you know, how many Nick Cages. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, before we begin with this uh, week's uh, review, we took a, we took time off. Um, um, we had a uh, comment on Facebook and actually gained a subscriber. Um, and I believe it's because of this. So I'm going to read you what this person said, then I'm going to let you respond, and I'm going to tell you how I responded. Does that sound fair? Did you respond to them on Facebook? or I, I was on Facebook. This is on YouTube. And I responded oh, you, to them you, on you, you said Facebook. Paul. I'm sorry. Your, your I, story's already shaky. My story's already, already a shaky story. Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's on the YouTube. I'm sorry. Not okay, Facebook. The, did you respond on YouTube? Or I did. I did respond. This is going to be your response. Yes. Yes. I are. Nope. Nope. I already responded on YouTube. Okay. So, um, you haven't seen it, but I'm going to let you know what it, what it was. So they said, I listened to your review of the album and this was the last album we did of Aaron Lewis and wonder if you listened to the same music I was listening to. I think it's safe to say that his politics sort of ruined it for both of you and your comments reflected a personal animosity to him because of this. I hate his politics too, but like John Lennon, I don't listen to music for political posturing. I listen to music because of the voice, the lyrics, and the musical arrangement. If you think these songs are boring and derivative, that's your opinion. But to lament with a straight face that cliches are being used in country music makes me wonder if you've ever listened to that genre of music. This album was meant to be an acoustic experience like his shows. It is meant to be simple, direct, and personal. That's what it did successfully, in my opinion. I found the entire beta bitch boy go see a therapist argument to be offensive and unnecessary. Sounds like mega BS to me. The dude can sing and write in an age where most artists, that's in quote, can't and won't even try to express themselves honestly. I hope your next album review is fair to the next artist. I did enjoy the rapport that you have with each other. That was the comment. Okay. And what is your response? It's, it's you know, their opinion. I think it's fair that they thought that. Um, and, yeah, but... The you know the cliche in country music it I recognize it's there I just think it went overboard you know but again this is like a lot of the there's some hyperbole in <clears throat> our podcast 
because we're trying to also entertain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's perfectly fair. I think that's perfectly legitimate criticism. Joe, this is why you and I are friends, buddy. This is ex- this, what I said was and responded fair criticism. It is sometimes hard to separate the art from the artist. However, politics aside, we did find the music itself very boring, boring and stale in our opinions. Lyrical content is always up for discussion as it's trying to convey what the artist is putting out there. And we really stand by that the lyrics didn't feel genuine and emotional. Instead, they felt manufactured and manipulative to the audience. However, we completely appreciate you listening to the podcast, having your own opinions on the albums, and engaging with us here in the comments. We will keep that in mind going forward when it comes to artist bias. And yes, Joe, you're 100% right. There is hyperbole. There are jokes being thrown out there. There is an entertainment value to this, right? And I was—I have to say, I bring in this up because we do have a lot of listeners that don't come to the YouTube. They listen via um, RSS, SoundCloud, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, that type of thing. So they don't see this. But I have to say this restored my uh, my faith in humanity a little bit because you always hear people like I have to admit when I see comments, I always get that apprehensive like, fuck, (laughs) son of a bitch. So when I see something like this that's articulate, fair and very well written without, I think, you know, disdain, I'm all for it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and again, music is also subjective. Uh, Lewis just didn't do it for me. And we kind of brought it up with stained wasn't our thing either. So like he had, it was a pretty much, you know, he didn't really have a chance on that musically anyway. Uh, So, but yeah, if you enjoy it, I'm glad you enjoy it. I, and I'm glad you expressed your, your thoughts on it. And I think your criticisms of our criticisms are legit. We probably, we do have biases sometimes going in. Uh, it's hard, but you know, we're also an opinionated podcast, so we're not objective. So, uh, we're going to go in with some biases, no matter what on everything we review. Uh, but I appreciate the the comment and well well written, well thought out, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy <laughs> at least you enjoy. Hopefully, you'll enjoy another podcast of ours. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, hopefully, try oh. the Hank three one. We really dug into the country on that. We did, we did, yeah. And we'll get we'll go around. There's a lot of different things. Like there's genres that I want to do that we haven't gotten yet. We haven't done mumble rap. I do want to do mumble rap. There's a lot of genres that we haven't done. We haven't really done a great bluegrass album. I want to do a bluegrass album. So there's things we're going to get to. I, I know it. And speaking of getting the things, we're finally getting to a genre. Neo Soul, Joe, with Maxwell. What did you think or what do you know of today's um, album, Maxwell's Now?, what was your experience with Maxwell? He came out, he kind of got big around the time we were in high school. I really don't know anything about Maxwell. I remember seeing the album uh, at stores, but I never listened to it. I know he did a an interesting cover of Nine Inch Nails is Closer. Yes. I shared that with you. That was, that was interesting. Um, I love uh, when record companies and record industry and reviewers add another descriptor to a genre of music. See, <laughs> we got this neo soul and neo funk, which I don't even know what that means. Like sometimes, like I can wrap my head around, like 
say proto-punk. So you, yeah, I don't think the the Stooges and stuff like that. Yep. Neo soul and neo funk, which this has been described. I don't know what that means. To me, it's just soul and funk. So it 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 is. It was coined by the music. It was coined by a Kadar Massenberg during the late '90s to market and describe that style of soul that was really big in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, and that's really, I think, there's actually comments in my notes. I'm like, this sounds like a lot of the soul and R&B that came out in the late '90s, yeah, early it's 2000s. Very much of the time, except. And this is where it, it's different for me, is the production. Yes, gets really awesome because it gets weird. Uh-huh. That's not what you heard a lot in uh, the the smooth R and B kind of stuff. And again, I'm adding a descriptor to Sean <laughs> that you were just complaining about. That I was just complaining. Like I'm full of contradictions, Paul. <laughs> but it very much has that smooth R and B. But it goes in like in these weird spots that I loved. But we'll get into it in the review. This was another, like, uh, this mortal coil for me where I loved the music and it was the vocals again. That just, I didn't dislike him as much as this mortal coil. I think uh, he's a very talented singer, but as we get into the songs, his approach to choruses are non-existent and they blend in, just kind of blend into the song so they sound like verses and that was my main sticking point and another sticking point too which is rubbed off on me because of you jerk is the (laughs) 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 that's on my notes for this as well sir yeah uh uh-huh yeah so but yeah i didn't really know much about maxwell maxwell besides the nine inch nails cover um uh, i didn't know anybody who really listened to him it, but that's not surprising. We grew up in the whitest city in the world. So we did. I didn't know we did. anybody who really listened to funk and R&B. What's interesting what? is I did listen to Maxwell. Um, and the reason why was actually because of MTV's Unplugged. I loved his Unplugged performance. And that came out in 97. And I was kind of all in uh, on the, on that album, um, the 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 um, the Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite and Embrya. I missed now because by that time I was I was you know changed so much. Um, so yes, I I did listen to Maxwell. So I will tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he's awesome, actually. Um, He's won three Grammy Awards. He's won six Soul Train Music Awards, two NAACP Image Awards. He has the he's the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation and Congressional Black Caucus in 2019 for his innovative contributions to the music industry as a singer, songwriter, and producer. Um his album Black Summer Nights with the Capital Black, which is part of a trilogy he's working on, and I'll explain that, was nominated for six Grammy Awards, including Song of the Year, won Best R&B Album, Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Um, he's really, it's interesting to me, he's really one of those like award-winning guys, but he's on nobody's radar, and I really think that's a shame. Um, because there is some really, really great stuff in Maxwell's uh, repertoire. So he is currently working on this called Black Summer Nights. Um, 
trilogy. I'm confused because I've been kind of waiting for the, 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 the third part. It was supposed to come out last year. And like the last news I saw of it was back in November. Um, and like he's touring on it, but he hasn't released it. It's super weird. Um, but we're digging into now, uh, which was his third album was released in 2001. Um, what happened with this one was uh, Embryo didn't get a lot of love. It got very little radio success. And so he felt more like I can open up my my artistic direction at this point. Like, whatever, I'm just going to do what the fuck I want. Uh, the, the album is certified platinum. Um, and Lifetime was the second single from the album. This woman's work is, is something that Maxwell does. It's staple. He does it live at like every fucking show. Um, but we'll, we'll go on and we will, we'll get there. So Joe, let's dig in here. Let me get your overall view. You've talked a little bit about it. Um, you did talk about it. So let's just get right in the album. Let's start with get to know ya. Uh, I started last week, so you start this time. Yeah, what was this was thought? a good. This was a good start to the album because I love I love the funk. I love the when he gets funky mm-hmm. on here. So yeah, this was uh, the production wise and the vocals, and sometimes he does these little tweaks with the, in the studio. It seems like with his vocals, which I really find interesting. So yeah, this was a solid start to this album. Yes, I have it written down. It's very Prince-like, which I'm all in on. It's got this really cool soul-funk fusion thing going on. And I thought it was a great opening song. Um, You got, you know, the lyrics um, aren't entirely painful yet. Um, You know, they be trying to bring you flowers. You prefer your roses blue. Others trying to get in your trousers. I was just trying to get in you. (laughs) I was just trying to get with you. Really, I mean, there's some there's there's some good smooth stuff there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So again, this is a a great start to the album, but you know, I the alarm bells don't really go off for me until the next few. Songs. So I felt you know, so it starts off good and then it kind of dips for me. We'll get there. Well, yeah, I can I could see. Uh, kind of going where I think you're going to go. And I think we're going to have some of the same criticisms. So next is lifetime, which was the second big single off this album. And this is where it dips for me, Paul. (laughs) See, no, what's interesting for me is I have written down here. The beginning is stranger in Moscow. Like it's straight up Michael Jackson. The, 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 the way the drums are, everything's kind of set up. It's straight up stranger in Moscow. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think stranger in Moscow actually came out maybe around the same time. Uh, came out. Yeah. Came. No, 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 no. Years earlier. So I might, my timing's off on it. Um, so, but that is what I have there. Um, And then I have, it has this interesting, sexy kind of timed rhythm and melody where it kind of flows. Musically, it's great. Mm -hmm. Lyrically, vocally, I don't mind it. I really, I like his vocals. I can get into it. But it's the lyrics that I'm really struggling with on some of this. 
And see, for me, it's the lyrics or whatever. It's the falsetto singing is always tough for me to listen to. I just, it's, I, I don't like it. <laughs> it just rubs me the wrong way when people sing in high falsetto. So I've just, it turned me off. And then, uh, because this, so Lifetime and then the next track was My Girl. Mm-hmm. I wrote my notes. Like, I didn't even notice the song changed. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that. So, because uh, was, uh, was My Girl is actually a remake, but um, it's a remix of a song he did a couple years earlier. Um, and I think, yeah. So. And it's repetitive. It's a lot. It's a lot of repeating. A lot of repeating. There's a lot of repeating. Again, musically though, and instrumentation and production-wise, this song's so good. And I kind of like that falsetto. If you can do it, there's people who can't and people who shouldn't. Looking at you, Coldplay, and they. Um, well, that's just in general. They shouldn't. I will get to them at some point. We got the snow patrol. We'll get to them. Uh, But the point is, is that I think Maxwell utilizes it right. And I think he does rely on it a lot. And I really actually appreciate it when he doesn't go there. There's a lot of these songs on here where you can hear him going down and I'm like, oh, yeah, awesome. That's like, where it gets interesting for me, and that's what I, that's the pocket I like. Again, yep. I just struggle with falsetto singing. It's just, for whatever reason, it just hurts my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, and I get, I feel embarrassed for the singer for some reason, and I don't know why. But that's my cross to bear. I know, and I and I and I can see it. you're not the first person to tell me that. Actually, there's quite a few of my friends that are like, God damn it, they hear that falsetto, and they're like, Nope, I'm out. They hear a falsetto. Um, lyrics again, not that strong in this one. I can let my life pass me by. I can get down and try, work it out this life, work it all out this lifetime, work it all out this time. I, I get where he's trying to go. But there's a lot of repetition. I mean, there's not a lot of changes in this. He's saying a lot of the same shit over and over, which and it, loses it, me. It loses you, and it's built as a chorus, too. And so that's another like, – his choruses don't pop out right. from the verses. So it really, like, it just feels like it. these are just verses that he's just repeating instead of it being a chorus. Instead of it switching to a hook. Now, what's yeah, interesting there's no is, hooks on this. <laughs> I mean, I did like the again that that interesting timing where it was like the dun dun dun, and then I'd go and then it jump back to that, and I was like, okay, cool. And I was thinking that was going to be the chorus, but it's going on through the entire song. Still enjoyed it. Um, I I do can see where like this is one of those albums where it'd be like, man, if I could get an instrumental, uh, I'd be all in. Yeah, one hundred percent. I love so, the I love the music and and the production. So. So Was My Girl is actually a remixed, re-recorded version of a song that originally appeared for the film The Best Man in 1988. Um, the original had more of a mainstream R&B sound with, like, record scratches and shit like that. And he created this down-tempo version um, as he felt it was more emotionally delivered the vocal performance. Um, which I can get... But there's not a lot here. Yeah, it right? was, again, like I wrote my notes that I, I didn't even realize the song changed. And I went back, it's like, oh, it kind of has a different guitar thing. <laughs> and 
<laughs> a lot of his vocal deliveries on this uh, reminds me of the Mr. Show skit. Uh, yeah, three times that. one minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's like, Ooh, just hitting these high notes with Bob Odenkirk going, damn. Double damn. Double damn. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I will say there's some things here I like. Um, This song, for some reason, like, you won't open up. How can you not open up wide? How could you do that to me, child, when you know I know I love you, girl? I would love, and I think really, he would have benefited from having, like, maybe, because musically, and production-wise, he's great. And he has opened up as a songwriter. Like, it, he, this is, he's done a lot better. Again, he's got fucking awards for it. But he's really struggling here. I know what he's trying to say, and it's actually, I want to hear more of it, but I want to hear it done a little more eloquently. Um, it just feels kind of like shat, like surface level, and you're trying to get to something deeper, and you're just... You're not going there. Instead, you're just repeating your lyrics over and over like that's mm-hmm. going to get the point mm-hmm. across, and it's not. <laughs> so next we get to Changed. Uh, my notes, I have another great beat, another great musically done. Vocally, a little too Prince-like. Yeah. Like he yeah. was really going for Prince on this one. Yeah, and I, I, I mean... If I want to listen to Prince, I'm going to listen to Prince. I mean, that's just, <laughs> and this is, again, this is like more of the same for me. It was like, the, I'm like, oh, we're get, this is getting a little, getting a little nervous at this point. Cause it's kind of like the same tempo and stuff. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Like, like the, Ooh girl. Yeah. And this is like, we Damn. get it and like, fuck, <laughs> where's your courses? Where's your hooks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really make this album pop. It would, it would. Yeah. This, there is, that's missing from this album completely. And that, that does come later, by the way, like his later stuff. Um, uh, again, let's get to what the chorus is here. Uh, now what you're trying to be, what you're trying to, trying to do to me. You got me catching feelings in the third degree. Now that I've changed my mind, everything was fine. When you wanted to ruin my life, now it's plain and easy to see. Now I've changed my mind. This is like, to me, there's some really back and forth breaking up. I really think he was going through some kind of on-again, off-again relationship while he was doing this album. Because there's that the, seems to be the real reoccurring theme of this album. It's almost like he has a really sexually intense relationship with a woman. But outside of that, everything's not going well. And it's just the sex that's keeping them together. <laughs> like, that's the vibe I get from this album. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so next one no one uh my notes a really nice mix of acoustic instrumentation with electronica r&b it's a lost art hmm? very prince with vanity vibes though like yep, i said very prince like on my notes um yep. yeah i mean again it's just uh <laughs> it with apollonia or with vanity like it's just it screamed of uh, Prince and the and the Revolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not bad, but it's just <sighs> do your it own thing. Feels like a pale imitation. It does. It does. Because again, I like Prince, and again, we didn't really get another Prince album. But this isn't Prince enough, or like that level, either matching or above. It's 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 lower tier. 
it's yeah. lower tier prints. And, again, and these courses just blend right into the with the verses. So again, that, mm-hmm. it's not really popping off like it should. Like it should. And I think if he had that, you could have had that Prince level. Like if you're doing this and then had a really good chorus and a really good hook and you fucking went for it. Now you got something. Yeah. But now you got a stew going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in this one, it's just more like you put in the chicken broth and you're trying to find the other ingredients to throw in and you're not really sure how you're making the soup. Um, next for lovers only. Joe, what did you think of there, that one? I like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was uh this was good. This was a has like some acoustic guitar going. Different. It's sonically, it's kind of going in a di- weird directions. What I like, which I like on this mm-hmm. album. Uh, yeah, I really liked it, even though it's re- very repetitive. I liked it a lot. Very repetitive. So I will say I did like the weirdness of it, but on my notes I have, I expect more sexy, less banjo when it comes to a song titled for lovers only. That banjo in the beginning kind of threw me off a little bit. That banjo. That's song. why I liked it. I love yeah. field shit, man. That's just... <laughs> And once the song got going and it was okay, now I see where it is. But when it started kind of off with that, I was like, whoa. I also have written here hitting my threshold on repeating lyrics. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's ever since the way you look at me, ever since the way love is not a want, love is now a need, now a need, because not just because I got nobody, not just because I got nobody, this is for lovers only, lovers only, yeah, this is for lovers only, who are lost and lonely, ever since the day you look at me, ever since the way, ah, no, 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 please stop. Please stop. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's very repetitive, Paul. Uh, this is kind of a shocking choice from you, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I remember. On two levels. One of the repeating lyrics and one that's not crippling white guy music. So. Fuck face. Yeah, I know you're going to get there. Go fucking watch Cruise Control. Speed 2 Cruise Control. Um, temporary Night. My second favorite song in the album. Mm, I have Bootsy level funk. That yep. is a good that thing. Slap bass going. Yeah. 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 That's what I want more of. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. You and I, same boat, my friend. Distorted guitar comes in, man. Oh, chef's it's kiss. So good. This is, uh, yeah, this is going to make, uh, make me, this and my favorite track are going to make it a playlist at some point. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, one second here. Dead air. My apologies. Okay. So I have, there is something with this song that bothered the fuck out of me, Joe. There is, there is a tone in this song that sounds like the vibration of my phone. So when this was going, when the song was playing every so I checked my phone because I think it was the vibration going off. And I'd be like, mm, I'd be like, what? Mm, what? <laughs> it's not the phone. It's the fucking song. One other thing I do complain about this. Lyrically, he talks about having nasty thoughts, but the lyrical content of this album for the most part makes me feel like he's kind of vanilla and kind of sweet in the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, this guy, it doesn't, it doesn't get weird with him. No, I don't think it gets weird with him. Um, Earthquake in the making. I'm going to love you when you persist with all that shaking. What you expect me to do 
it's just it's more than just the bacon. It's something about your insides too. You know, I've getting been waiting. Up in them guts, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it gets all about getting up in them guts. And again, there is a little bit of a thing. He's like, I've been misbehaving, been thinking nasty, nasty thoughts about you. I'm sorry, baby. I never said I was an angel, who could be as um, who could be with a fine as fine as you. Move that body, go ahead, cast that corporal spell, and if they ask me, baby, I promise not to tell. This has the beginnings of like the songwriting that we would see later with him, where he really started to find himself in the songwriting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good, but again, I kind of feel like the most you're maybe going to get is a slap on the ass from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, next song, Silently, Joe. All right, silently. Yeah, this was didn't care for this one. It's going back to the slow jams and falsetto singing, and not my not my thing, Paul. This was not not my not my song. I choruses blends right into this into the verses, so nothing pops. Nothing popped on this for me. And again, lyrically, we got a lot of the same shit. Silently, Ooh, silently. tell silently. me silently. Don't you scream, you're my divine. Don't you scream slowly, touch you, hear hear what you want, baby. Don't speak, say in your heart, silently, silently. Si oh, Jesus Christ, dude, come on, break it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I have this one. I did say it really showcases his falsetto, his vocal range, but it feels like a really average R&B song of the early 2000s. Yeah, thanks. This is, it's just, yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not good. I don't. Not good. Symptom unknown, Joe. This was tripped out. I like this one. This I, was like a trippy song. It it's, was, you know, it's ballady, but like, yeah, the production on it does those left turns that I like. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I this one stood out to me. Like it, so I liked it. I like it. I, if it stands out and it, you know, because a lot of you know, like we said, was silently just. Bleh, so this uh, kind of when it pops out, like, yeah, when he makes it pop, it's really interesting. He does. And when he sneaks Hotel California into a song, I really enjoy it. Yeah. If you if he if you listen to it, it's a really slowed down, but it's the same chord progression from Hotel California. Um, listen to it next time and you will totally hear like immediately when I listen, I'm like. That's Hotel California he's doing right there. Just really slowed down, really kind of weird. But I see what you're doing there. However, I do think it's the most lyrically deep song on the album. Yep. It's a very, very unique take of a breakup song. I really enjoyed it. I thought this was something really he was tapping into something here and again it's weird i do like that taking away the hotel california thing um you know that's more of a joke but listen to it you will hear it you and i were supposed to grow old but it was your symptom unknown blame it on things untold you and i were supposed to grow old guess it was a symptom unknown i could totally see here like he's trying to pinpoint and this is really really great and i wish more music and things focus on this aspect of the breakup songs when it comes to them is that whole the unknown why didn't it work what was that unknown thing that caused whatever to fucking shatter and this is one of the few that i can think of great breakup songs that are looking at it from that lens and i can really appreciate that yeah, sometimes it just happens 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like that exploratory space of yeah. trying to dig deep. And I really feel that here. Like I could tell this was a, this was a song that meant a lot to him. Yeah. And it, it shows with the production and what he's doing with it. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Next, we get This Woman's Work, Joe. The second time we've heard this song. Yeah, we're going back to uh, little Kate Bush, huh? Mm-hmm. Going back to little Kate Bush. Joe, what's your yeah. take on... Again, the falsettos <laughs> killed me on this one until he, he when he lowers it. So this was like, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, because the, <laughs> the falsettos are really bugging me. But then when it starts peaking, mm-hmm. fuck, man, it peaks. Mm-hmm. It peaks. And it was brilliant. I love... I loved that part. I just didn't like the falsetto stuff, but I mean, that's that's just who I am, Paul. I get it. I put my. This is a really, really, really fantastic cover. Um, it's hard to cover Kate Bush. It is. There's only, in my opinion, two successful covers, and that's this, and that's Placebo's "Running Up That Hill." Um, those are the two that I think, and. Um, both are very, very, I think, kind of different from what the originals are, and I think that's why it makes it work. You can tell Maxwell really loves this song. Loves he really loves Kate Bush. Yeah. Like yeah. you can hear it the way he sings and the delivery of his vocals and his production. You can really, you know, mm-hmm. when I was reading up on this, you know, it was like all the Prince comparisons. I was like, I'm hearing more Kate Bush than Prince. Yeah, there's a lot stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I can hear the print stuff, but I think that's surface level. Like, I was getting like a, with the vibe of the album, very Kate Bush, more Kate very, Bush vibe to me than Prince. But that could just be my opinion. No, I can get it too, and I think this suffers from the same thing that the that the Kate Bush album, which was Maxwell's small doses. Give me one or two songs and then mix it up. But having a full album, and this is the same thing I said about the Kate Bush, and it's. It's 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 it, it's the same criticism. One or two, three songs, great. But you give me twelve, thirteen songs by the end, I'm kind of exhausted and burnt out from it. Yeah, I yeah. I want something different. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Yeah, I mean, I recognize the genius, but I can only sit through so much. It's the same with me and Zappa. I can yep. only sit through so much before I'm just like, that's it's too much at this point. And I can absolutely respect that as a guy, as a big Zappa fan. I get it. Um, I also love this part of the song when it's going in and then that, that bass slide comes in, that bass slide mm-hmm. drop, and you know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. As soon as that fucking, that boom, and then it just goes, oh my God, it's seriously yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And then he drops the falsetto and you yeah. can just hear him that's, that's letting loose. Oh, that's- that's what I said when this when the song starts peaking, it fucking peaks. It's a yeah. <laughs> goosebumps. Goosebumps. Straight up. This song's been on actually a playlist of mine for a long time. Um, such an amazing rendition. Then we get now at the party, Joe. Um it's my favorite tr- song on the album. It is. Interesting. Okay, yep. explain yep. that. It's a it has a very Curtis Mayfield vibe to me. Ah, for me and I love Curtis Mayfield. And it, it's done in a modern way, but if you listen to the rhythm, it sounds very much like the Superfly era. Oh, like shit. The drum, yeah, it the does. The drums and beats and the rhythm. So, like, I just, that just scratched all my itches, Paul. Yeah, this was mine. It's funky and I, it's, yeah, it's old school plus for the time modern. Yeah, I love this. I love this track so much. This is like, yeah, this is my favorite on the album. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I could I can see that. I will say I don't think it maybe it was the placement of it for me. I didn't feel like it was the a good ending song to the album. Should have been maybe a little bit earlier, maybe by like Get to Know Ya or Lifetime to kind of break up some of the ballads. Yeah. Um I think I think yeah, because um, but I can totally get that. And again, lyrically, now we cool, now we fine, now we good. Everything is dynamite. We're gonna be all right like tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, funky, funky, it's funky. It's not funky. good, but like it, the music and the delivery of the vocals and everything like makes up for like the, the, the lyrics that are not not the highest of quality. No, but again, it's still hitting that. It's still hitting that itch, yeah. right? It's still mm-hmm. got that. Sly and the Family Stone vibe yeah. lyrically, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can I can respect that. Yeah, I think for me, I, I was a little harder on it because it was the last song on the album. And again, I you know me, and I'm very much about we both have this thing about musical placement where things should fall into the flow of the album. And I just didn't feel like this ended very well. That's it didn't end the album well compared to how everything else is. But you know, it's uh, Tit for tat. Um, so that was Maxwell's Silver Hammer. No, no, Maxwell's now. <laughs> um, Joe, what would you, would you, first of all, well, before we get to that, before we get to the recommendations, let's kind of talk about the receptions and what other people thought of Maxwell's now. Um, it, again, it came out in 2001. Uh, let me just pull it up here. God damn it. Uh, more dead air, Joe. Fill it, fill it, fill our dead air. Oh, and you did this. You're, you're, you see it. It's up to you, Paul. It's up to me. God, yeah, damn I'm it. not saving you from your. Not saving you from your not... unprepared unpreparedness of our review. <laughs> <laughs> Why your, won't your you blatant save unprofessionalism, me from... Paul? I'm not, not. Save me from me, Joe. Save me from me. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, people really enjoyed this album, actually. Um, four out of five, four out of four. Th- uh, lowest one is really three out of five. A minus, Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, three out of five. Sound and Vision, four out of five. USA Today, three out of four. Um, you know, there is a lot here. It charted. I mean, it was number one on the R&B hip-hop billboards. It was number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. Uh, it made it peaked uh, uh, in Australia, Dutch, France, Germany, Nore- uh, uh, the Norwegian, the Swedish, the fucking Swiss. This was a phenomena of an album. Um, and, you know, one of the most tough reviews on it was from Pop Matters. Mark Anthony Neal said it was 2001's most accomplished R&B recordings. But he found some of the music unadventurous and not indicative of the artist's maturity Maxwell seemed to have shown on previous albums. Um, and Miles Marshall uh, Lewis of LA Weekly said, he's not Prince <laughs> because of the Prince references. So, but, you know, it, it did really well and it kind of set up the stage and I think he really grew as an artist from it. So Joe, with all that said, would you recommend Maxwell's now? Yeah, it's it's a solid album. You know, I have it, I have my issues with it, but yeah, I think it's it's fantastically produced, uh, well performed, uh, falsetto vo- vocals, uh, 
rub me the wrong way. A lot of the repeating shit rubs me the wrong way. But overall, I think it's a solid album. So, yeah, I would recommend it. Perfect. I, I'm in the same boat. I recommend it. Musically, production-wise, there is a lot of funk and soul on this album. And, and a lot of wild left turns that I love. With And it's these little flourishes that they that he does that I just love with that. So, yeah. Understand that, as, as Joe said, you know, there, there, there's two negatives going on with this album. One, one is more my critique. One is more your critique. Yours is the falsetto. Mine is the repetitive lyrics, right? Yep. So if either one of those two things are a thing that like really bug you or a pet peeve for me and for you, actually, we're both going to recommend it because the level of skill, I think on this album and musically production wise rises above those criticisms. Exactly. I mean, production wise and you know, the arrangements and all that is just, it sometimes it's subtle, but it does like these Again, like we've discussed, we've been doing this for two years, and I think it, people who know, uh, like, for especially with me, like when it takes these weird little subtle weird turns, fuck, yeah. I'm in. I'm all in on that shit. You and I both. You and I both. Yeah, that's that's something that you and I really appreciate it when we're when we think we're going to get the standards, and then we get this left turn, and we're like, holy fuck, yeah, I'm all in. I mean, get to know you, lifetime. This woman's work. I know you didn't care for lifetime, and um, now at the party, mm-hmm. um, silent uh, symptom unknown, um, temporary night. Night. Yep. There's some really great stuff on here. Um, criticisms or no, there's some really great stuff. So I'm glad we could both do this. There was a lot of people that worked on this album. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, was on it. List. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at least they're getting credit. Like that's a thing. Like before I forget when they started like actually recognizing session musicians, but just, uh, it wasn't always just the Beatles. <laughs> it wasn't always just pink floyd or it wasn't always the beach boys jesus christ oh they used the wrecking crew yeah yeah there's Uh, a documentary on the wrecking crew if you never heard of them look it up it's fantastic yeah Yeah. i I really think the wrecking crew documentary and the shadows of motown documentary are the two things that really started the push to get these session musicians um more um um recognition now what's really interesting is the only thing maxwell really did on this was the drum programming the horn arrangements and production uh that's really all he did production though is that's important because he's making those decisions on doing the flourishes it's just Mm -hmm. maybe he just didn't know how to so that's why you get the session musicians not everyone can be back right not everyone can be back or stevie wonder yeah, not everybody's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> no, no, and plays 15 million instruments. So, um, all right, Joe. Well, you have plugs this time. I know you do, goddammit. Yeah. So plug away, sir. Yeah, uh, we just released the uh, review of Thief, uh, Michael Mann's debut movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we both seem to enjoy it. Uh, great yeah. movie. Great yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's uh, It shows you, it's the DNA for Heat. Which I love. He is just. A oh, wasn't the DNA for the keep? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the keep another time, Paul. <laughs> I'm sure we will. The Tarantino podcast because they, him and Roger Avery, do talk about the keep, and that's that's wild. Like, yeah, they're redoing it. I think we talked about that. They're redoing it. Uh, good luck. 
right? Good luck. But uh, yeah, and uh, following that up is a movie I've never seen before, and everybody seems to think I'm crazy because I just never saw it, and that, that's Crank, Jason Statham. Movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, seen it I've actually you know what Joe I think I'm with you in that book I don't think I've seen it from start to finish I've seen it on like reruns and like when I'm in hotels for work and things like that like it's on a lot but I've never watched it like popped it in and watched it from start to finish yeah I've never you know I remember it coming out but I told a couple friends that are like holy shit that movie's fucking crazy and I'm like and these are people like who don't enjoy stupid action movies so like I kind of have to you know Think about it a little bit more. I'm like, and then I'm like, well, well, how come you never said this before? And everybody said, oh, I assume you already seen it. I'm like, all right. So I haven't seen it yet. I'll be watching that. So we'll be doing Crank. All right. Um, any other plugs you want to give? No. Okay. Well, Joe. <laughs> oh, God. Damn, God, fuck. Um, I may have a plug coming up in the next week or two. So. Spoiler, not spoiler. All right, Joe. Lay it on me, brother soul man. What the fuck are we doing next week? All right, Paul. <laughs> I decided. Uh, pick an album I remember enjoying all, when it came out. By a ba- one of the biggest bands in the world that I really don't like. This album came out. I was like, hey, this isn't too bad. And their fan base fucking seemed to hate it with the rage of a million fiery I sons. I think I know where we're going. We're going back to the 90s, Paul. I think I know where we're going. Uh, we're going to go with U2's Pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only two places I think we could have gone. Yep. What yep. was the other place? <laughs> uh, it was the Weezer album. Which one? Uh, what the fuck was it? Pinkerton that no one liked, or was it the Green Album? Which one? The fuck one. Ah, uh, uh, Green Album came out in two thousand. Uh, it was the one that everyone like was like, "What the fuck is Weezer doing?" Well, Pinkerton. Uh, that's a Stone Cold classic. Yeah, yes, it was Pinkerton. Um, I know it's a Stone Cold classic, but people hated it at the time. Yeah, at the time, yeah. yeah I don't know if people even come have come around with pop. I haven't heard it in a long time, but I remember really liking it, and then just being like, the fans at the time were like, "This is just terrible." I'm like. I guess I'm the fucking weirdo because I can't stand anything this band has ever done before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, there was only one single off of it, wasn't there? There was two. There was. Was Disc- there two? Discotech and, and uh, staring at the sun. Oh yes, 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 yes. Was Discotech the one with uh, with the edge, where he was uh, in the video and like they're wrapping all that shit around his head? I don't know. It's the one where they're dressed like the village people and they're dancing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing that and I'm like, wow, that's like, that's wild. And I'm like, I like, yeah, we'll get into the review. But it was like, it came out at a time where I was really getting into like a lot of more electronic music. And I think (laughs) the world was just not interested at that time. Especially U2 fans, I guess, because they didn't seem to like it. And I got the wrong. I got the wrong album. I thought it was numb. I was thinking of the song numb, and for some reason, I thought that was on pop. I don't know anything much about you two, Paul. Okay, <laughs> like yeah. I said, I don't like this band except for this one album. 
Uh, I'm the outlier. I'm outside the bell curve. <laughs> we are going to have a lot to talk about with this one. We've we've danced around this story a lot, and this is now going to come. I'm going to take up a little. I'm going to warn you ahead of time, Joe. We're going to take up a little bit of time because I have some stories revolving you. It's going to be a 45 minute rant about WCW, isn't it? Well, you know, you two didn't wrestle, Paul. Come on. (laughs) Bono wanted to play. Actually, you know, Vince McMahon just came back and now I'm Stephanie McMahon. Step. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I'm kidding. Joe, don't punch me in the face. Um, (laughs) Joe has left the chat. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I I've hinted at it where I was in a band with a guy that was super obsessed with you two. Okay. And, Let's talk so, about, we'll get to it when we do the review. Yes, yes, because now I can find, and I've danced around that story, and now we can <laughs> finally get into it. Um, so, Pop, interesting. Yes, I'm excited to do this. I don't think I've listened to Pop since it came out in, when we were in high school. I listened to it, like, maybe five, six years ago. Yeah? Just because I was just like, I remember liking it, and then I played it, and I was like, yeah, I still kind of like this, but then I haven't heard it since. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe my tastes have changed, but... It, it was that the only U2 album I would actually be like, yeah, I like that. And like people would give me dirty looks. I I can understand. It was a big departure from what everyone wanted from from U2 and things like well, they, that. And They stopped. What I've seen, they kind of stopped being experimental afterwards. They just went back to the well of sounding like U2. So. They did. And Bond, and it really... Well, we'll get into Bono when we get into the album. Because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with that guy, too. Oh, yeah, because we'll talk about Because I don't like you, too. I don't like the band. I don't. I find them absurd Obnoxious. and whatever. We'll get into it next week, though. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it because there's, there, there's a lot here. Uh, there's a lot with you, too. So, okay. All right, Joe. Well, anything else we want to discuss? No. Do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.